Saturdays are the read. Sundays are the reaction. Welcome back to the Sunday Blitz with Zach Bourne. He is Zach Bourne. I am Austin Ward, and Ohio State is undefeated. They are a 37-17 to winner over Maryland. And with a, a little night to think about it, Zach, what do you make of that victory? It wasn't pretty to start. You know, we talked about it on our show on Thursday night about um, what kind of team we're going to see coming out there. And, you know, there were some people I think that were worried about what this team is going to look like after a bye week, after a huge win against Notre Dame. There was definitely some rust, um, especially on the offense side of the ball. But I think they finished strong. That is a great thing that we're seeing. You know, so many times when this team has um, lost games in the past, it's because they haven't been able to finish strong. They start off great. Think about the Michigan game last year, dominate the first half, kind of gone in the second half. Well, now in some games where they're getting tested this year, Indiana, Notre Dame, um, now, you know, Maryland, what do they do? They don't look great in the first half, come back in the second half and finish very, very strong. So that's a great thing to see. Yeah. Isn't that the way you'd prefer it? hundred percent, hundred percent. You would rather at that than, than the flip side. You're going to win a lot more games by finishing things strong rather than kind of petering out in the second half. All right. So I look at this game and we've used this before. I think, especially in that first Sunday blitz after Indiana, Zach, like, well, mixed bag, you know, uh, good and bad, maybe not consistent all the way through. And maybe that applies to Maryland. But I, I think what's interesting about this game is that the first the first half may have been frustrating to watch the second half was some of the domination that you know was expected but like you you can't have it both ways like there are people that were saying to me that i didn't treat maryland seriously enough as a threat to ohio state well if maryland is actually good and i didn't give them the proper respect then beating them by 20 and scoring 37 of the last 44 points in this game is pretty darn good you should be really happy about that the only way that you can be really mad is if Maryland really does stink, but you still won the game by 20. It's like, I don't, I don't think that there should be any outrage or panic over what Ohio State did on Saturday, even while acknowledging that there are still things that they can do better. I don't think there's any reason that, that there should be any kind of outcry about uh, this team isn't good. There needs to be changes, you know. Um, this team's going to get smoked by, by Penn state and Michigan. Like, I think all that talk should, should be thrown to the wayside. To me, it's completely BS. You know, you play a Maryland team that's, that's undefeated, ranked 26 going into this week, right? They had the most points without being ranked mm -hmm. in a quarterback. That's really good. And we've seen college football. If you have a good quarterback, anything's possible. If you have a bad quarterback, nothing is possible. That's, that's college football. That's football in general and the way it's trending. This victory, a 20-point victory against an undefeated Maryland team, for all of Buckeye fans, they should be waking up this morning, damn, I'm excited. Like, that team came back, finished strong, uh, won by 20 points. You could be waking up in Austin, Texas. You could be waking up in Coral Gables, Florida. You could be waking up in South Bend, Indiana, right? Mm. Think about all that stuff, right? And if you really want to go into the nitty-gritty, Georgia – won 27-20 against South Carolina, and I can guarantee this Maryland team would demolish South Carolina. South Carolina <laughs> is an atrocious football team. So you want to look about some other comparable games across the country and what uh, kind of what's transpired in some of those games. If you think some of these top dog teams are so untouchable and they're so much better, look around the college football landscape. 
It's not like that everywhere. You can't have the expectations that, hey, listen, you're going to go out and beat every team by 40 or 50 points. That's not how it is. We live in a different world nowadays. You're seeing it. The transfer portal uh, the transfer portal NIL is alive and well, right? This is the first year in college football that all of those things have come to fruition. Like that, it's here. It, we're living in the moment. And look at the college football landscape this year. Look at how many teams are good. Look about, look how much, uh, it, there's, probably the least amount of dominance on the top half of college football than we've ever seen. Right. And it's because of the time that we're living in. So if you have games besides Notre Dame, which was a top 10 matchup, every other game that you've won, you've won by 20 points. How can you be pissed off about that? You can't. <laughs> it's um, it seems pretty good. Um, and I'll, I will point out. So they suggested that I should eat crow for that. But I predicted the score was going to be 41 to 17, Zach. Like that game did play out about how I expected. Yeah, you, you took my score. I Yeah, you took my score on, <laughs> on Thursday. But yes, I, you, I thought this Maryland team was going to score points. Now, did I think Ohio State would be down 10 nothing, um, 10 nothing, no, yeah. you know, into the second quarter, midway through the second quarter? No, I did not. Um, right. But then again, this Ohio State team didn't falter. They didn't, you know, tuck their tails between their legs. We've seen in the past where some Ohio State teams going to, even going back to Coach Myers' days, right? When they get punched in the mouth back when Coach Meyer lost to Purdue, lost to Iowa, right? They get punched in the mouth and they just cower. This team is different. This team gets punched in the mouth and is like, hey, listen, we're gonna come back fighting even more. Actually, this team reminds me a lot of 2012. My senior year team, we didn't win any games really uh, blowing teams out. It wasn't the prettiest things, but we were scrappers, right? And mm -hmm. I know there's a lot more star power on this team than there was in 2012. But the way this season is starting reminds me so much of that team because we got through our first five games in 2012 and we were... I mean, we were scrapping against UAB and UCF, and some of these teams are like, what the hell is going on? Even the Michigan State game where we went on the road on our fifth game of the season, and yep. you know the whole championship water thing comes from that, right? It's not like we blew Michigan State out. We were just expected to get beat, and we won by two scores or whatever it was, right? Yep. And so now you're starting to see this team win these games and come back in the second half and really show you who they are with their grit, with the way they're able to fight. And in those big games against Penn State and Michigan that are coming up, even Wisconsin at Wisconsin, which I think is going to be a really tough game, you want that kind of team. You want the team that says, punch me in the mouth. I want to taste some blood before I come firing back at you. And we haven't seen that kind of grit. We haven't seen that kind of fight in a team in, in a really long time. And that's what gets me so excited about this 2023 football team. Hmm. That's a good point, Zach. Um that Michigan State game was a little bit closer than you might remember. I think it was 17-16. So oh, okay. Down, so uh, there you go. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> see, exactly. Everyone, I've seen. There you go. It was much closer. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so you want to go into the good or the bad first? Wh which do you prefer Sunday? Let, let's, let's run our show like the team so far this year. We'll start with the bad and end with the good because, you know, that. they start off a little slow and then they finish great. So let's start with that. All right, so the run game, and I don't know if it is an offensive line issue. Travion Henderson didn't play, so personnel maybe, potentially, although I think Chip Traynham is more than capable of running the entire offense for Ohio State. Schematic issue, we are seeing, it feels like 
nothing but stretch into the boundary over and over and over. I can't I can't put my finger on it. I don't know. I defer to the experts like you, and I certainly will be asking on Tuesday, Ryan Day, about it. But you look at I've got the final numbers here, and this is with the sacks. So 33 carries for 62 yards. That's uh, not really a formula for championships. No, it's not. Um, it's not. I think um, you and I talking, everyone on the podcast knows I think Chip Tranum is a great running back. I think sometimes I've gone on record and said, I actually think this offense gels better with Chip Trainum or Mayan Williams at running back because that physical downhill runner puts them in better situations than kind of the home run hitter Tra- Travion Henderson is sometimes. And um, yeah, yesterday, yesterday was a little tough. It's um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of self scout, right? We've so we saw stretch into the boundary a bunch of times. We saw when they actually, you know, they they ran a toss play, but it's kind of similar to a stretch play to the field when Chip Trainum scored his touchdown. And you saw he was able to get the edge and and score that touchdown. So that obviously shows like, hey, you get athletic dudes in space instead of kind of shorten the field on them. You can do a lot more things. Um, so yeah, so you know, I have all the belief in the world that that offensive staff is going to self scout themselves and say, maybe we're running stretch in the boundary a little bit too much. Maybe we need to change some things up. Maybe, you know, instead of running zone scheme all the time, we need to fit in some gap scheme runs, which I know they have in the arsenal. I know they can do. Um, so maybe they're going to go more to some gap scheme stuff to help out this offensive line, because obviously the, the stretch run game is not working for the running backs, not re- working for the offense line. Um, you know, I don't know for to the point where there needs to be some change on the offense line. You never know. It might be good. It might send some, some messages. I'm not saying that needs to, to happen, but anytime you, um, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again with the same result. Right. And mm-hmm. so I think at some point, um, you kind of have to do some evaluation. I don't know if it's uh, if we're to that point, but I think there definitely needs to be some discussion on what are we going to do moving forward. We've got some massive games coming up. We have to have some kind of run game to support our young quarterback, Kyle McCord, and we can't rely on him and these wide receivers to score every single point. So something's got to be done. What it is, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm not in the uh, I'm not in the opinion of a a lot of Buckeye Nation where I think they need to blow it up and the offensive coaches suck and the offense line sucks. I'm not in that at all. I think you tweak a couple things and I think you're in a much better position. I don't think they're that far off. Yeah. It's an interesting debate. I mean, Ryan Day was asked about that with the personnel on the offensive line. I think it was the maybe the second question of the postgame press conference. And that's not really a place where he's going to be thinking about that, especially coming off of a win when it's still fresh. Like, So there wasn't any answer about that and changing personnel and and that they hadn't really strongly considered that during the off week. If you're going to do it right, like this is the only opportunity they play on Purdue at Purdue on Saturday. And then guess what? The real one is right after that. So you're not going to make a change Penn state week. I wouldn't imagine. No, I don't think you're making a change Penn state week to your point. I think you're completely right. If you're going to 
Chet, you're, if you're going to try some different variations of the offensive line from a personnel standpoint, it's happening this week at Purdue. And if you've seen, um, if you've seen the weather forecast, it's supposed to be rainy and cold in West Lafayette this week. You this don't weekend. say, Zach. Wow, yeah. in West Lafayette. Wow, in West Lafayette, right? I'm sure the grass might be about eight inches long too. So, um, you know, this will be the time where you you got to run the football. And so, if you're going to play out with some different personnel groupings, this would be the week to do it. Um, and like I said, so many so many people want to bring light to the offense tackles. Everyone wants to point the finger at the offense tackles. I actually think those guys are playing pretty well. I think where they need the most help right now, if there's anywhere that needs help, it's the interior, right? They're just not getting that push. The interior guys are the ones who get up to the second level. Those guys aren't getting up there as much. I think if, if anything, you know, Matthew Jones has played center before. I think maybe... You know, you slide Matthew Jones to center. I actually think Josh Fryer played great at, at guard against Michigan last year when he started off that game. Uh, maybe you slide him to guard and you bring in Tegra at right tackle because I think if you were asked a coaching staff, that would probably be the kind of the next guy up. And, you right. know, if there's a six guy, it's him. Um, so maybe you try that out. I don't know. I'm not saying that needs to be done, but so many people want to point the finger the entire offensive line sucks. I don't, I don't think that whatsoever and I don't think they're far off I just think if I were the coach and I am trying out a different personnel grouping up front that might be what I do just because uh, you know nothing against Carson Hinsman he's a tough kid um uh you, you know I, I don't think he's a bad football player by any means but they're just struggling up front and Matthew Jones and, and Donovan Jackson's aren't playing up to par, but they've played a lot of football and we know what kind of talents they are. So maybe just moving things around the offensive line might do wonders for them. Yeah. It, it's, you have to consider everything coming out of a game. If you're trying to achieve a championship or win at the highest level, you have to keep things on the table constantly. I would say the other part of that that's complicated and, and we don't have to belabor the point. Like the pass protection has been pretty decent. So like, these guys have the ability to do what Ohio State needs, but when it comes to executing the running game, that's why I wonder if it is some schematic issues or you know issues on that end that maybe they can adjust the play calling or the variety of it. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll have a, we're going to talk about that a lot more over the next two weeks, I'm sure. But um, was there anything on defense that you were a little unsure about, Zach, or was that were you pretty pleased with that? I was very happy with the defense. Um, you know, yes, they gave up 17 points, but the first touchdown they gave up, you know, a botched snap on a freaking punt, you know, and you yeah. are, uh, you know, Maryland gets the ball inside your 30 yard line. That's tough to defend, especially start the game off the way, the, the way it did. Um, uh, defense flew around that back end played great again. Um, you know, there were some PI calls that I don't fully uh, agree with. You know, OGB had a touchdown pass on him, but the guy made a one-handed circus catch. I think those guys are running around flying to the football. Another thing that I absolutely loved, and you and I have been outspoken about this, I love pairing JTT with Caden Courier, Kenyatta Jackson on the other side. And we saw them do a lot of that this week. And I think you saw a big difference. 
there was a there was a massive difference when those guys came into the football game. You could just see the explosion. It almost seemed like uh, they were able to contain the quarterback a little bit better and get get pressure on him. And those speed rushes are tough to defend, especially from these big offense tackles. And so, uh, you know, seeing those guys get into the game, I thought was great. Uh, you're gonna have to get those guys into the game against Penn State because Drew Aller's not gonna kill you with your feet, but he's gonna sit back there and he's gonna want to throw the football a, a good amount. And so uh, being able to get those guys some reps now before that game is huge. Um, You know, I love these linebackers. Absolutely love them. I've been outspoken for a long time about how much I love these guys. But there's a little funk going on in the linebacker room right now, and I'm not quite sure what it is. Sometimes, man, just things things are a little off, right? And you start overthinking a little too much and... I thought they played great up until Notre Dame. And we, you know, those guys will tell you, Steel Chambers was outspoken about it, about how uh, they didn't show up when they needed to. And when you have a game like that, especially a top 10 matchup, and this isn't me making excuses, this is just me being as real as it gets. Sometimes you get in your head, you know, it's, and I hate to say it, kind of goes back to a golfer, right? For everyone who plays golf, if you've got the yips when it comes to chipping guess what you think about it every time you go to chip for the next couple of rounds after that i feel like that's kind of something that's going on with this linebacker room and that's what you saw yesterday is that they had the yips against Notre dame and just things weren't things weren't flowing correctly and then you kind of saw like they were forcing it a little too much yesterday they were thinking too much they you know all those mistakes that they made in another dame game were going through their heads and they weren't trying to make them again instead of just going out there and playing freely and and reading and reacting and and uh doing the things that they are so great at doing um and so that's something that bothers me a little bit granted um they have another week to build some confidence and I think they're going to build a lot of confidence here against Purdue this next week because going against Penn State and the way that Penn State is able to run the football with that two-headed monster and then Drew Aller the way he's able to throw the football and we've seen especially against Notre Dame and especially against this week or against Maryland this week that intermediate passing game is hurting us right behind the linebackers they're right in that curl area right in the middle of the defense and so Penn State's going to attack that they're great um in that short passing game, they, you know, for the longest time, they've they've been some of the best at running mesh routes as well as Wisconsin. So you're going to see those mesh routes um, from Penn State. But yeah, they, there's some things they need to clean up, and so that's the one thing that worries me a little bit. But there are so many positives that's going on with this Ohio State defense right now. Yeah, good. Well, I might. I'm guessing you're going to hit some of them as we wind down on the Sunday Blitz with a little three and out. What are the three three best things or three best players you saw on Saturday in that win, Zach? Number three, I'm going to go with Kyle McCord. Did not start great whatsoever. I remember looking up at the at the video board at one point, maybe into the second quarter, and he was like one for five. And I'm like, oh, boy, this is, <laughs> this is not good. But the way that he was able to come back and connect on some of those passes in the second half, great. Now, granted, I'm sure he's going to be his, his biggest critic because he was late on a bunch of those passes. The one to Marv, the one uh, to Cade, like the one to Julian Fleming, right? Like he was late on some throws that should have been home runs. And so he's going to get better at that. He's It's almost like he's a half a second too late, right? When you saw CJ last year and the years prior, it's like he could anticipate what was happening and hit it where Kyle's just like a half a second too late, but he's going to get there. The repetitions, the confidence is coming. Number two, I am going to go with the entire back end of this defense. And I know, um, and I know people are like the entire back end, but this was a passing attack 
that what was really good coming in, right? And those guys played really well. They had two picks on the day. They were flying around making plays. Lathan Ransom again, man, unbelievable game. He's making a lot of money for himself this year. Sonny Styles, one of the biggest fans. Granted, he's probably the one guy that needs to needs to step things up and get a little bit better. But when this defense need to make stops, you saw it on Saturday, the back end are the ones who said, let's go. Like they were the ones getting, getting the crowd amped up. They were the ones that had the swagger. They were the ones that were getting after it. My number one. And I know I already said the entire back end, but Josh Proctor, man. Oh yeah. I, yeah. He, he's got to be mentioned twice with the back end. He's number two and number one. What <laughs> he was able to do this week. He just set the tone. I mean, he set the tone for this team. There was a time when he ran down on kickoff and laid the freaking wood on the kickoff returner, right? And everyone thought it was concussed. No, the dude stands up and goes, you know, LFG, right? Let's go. (laughs) So this dude, the attitude that he brought, the swagger that he brought, the energy that he brought, we need this out of him. We need that guy that's outspoken because love Tommy, love Steele. They're not those guys. They're not the trash talker guys that say, hey, let you're coming against us. We're about to give it to you, right? So you need Josh Proctor on the field every single snap. You need him playing well because he's the guy that's going to get in those guys in, in the offense's face, right? He's the one that's going to stand there and trash talk those dudes. And I'm not, you know, for being, uh, a, you know, a trashy trash talker by all means and doing that, but you got to have that kind of swagger. You have to have someone on the defense that everyone looks to as like, oh, here we go, right? We had that on defense with with Christian Bryant when I played. Yeah. Christian Bryant was a dude that would talk so much trash, but it was like that trash talk that the defense was like, oh, baby, let's go, right? It's time. And so Josh Proctor is that guy for this defense. The pick six yesterday took the t- took the lid off the stadium. You could see the, the team just kind of like, whoo, we're down to nothing. Now it's 10-7. Let's go. It's time to play. And so Josh Proctor is my number one guy this week. And I expect huge things from him the rest of the season. Probably a good chance that you're going to see some of those plays in the secondary later on this week on Buckeye Q with Zach Bourne. Just a wild guess on my part. We'll see. Uh, could be anything. I guessed wrong last week, but I think I'm going to be right uh, this time. We'll get into that because Ohio State's now turning the page. They beat Maryland 37-17. They're getting ready for Purdue, everyone's favorite road trip on Saturday afternoon. Getting ready for that full week of coverage coming on the podcast. Of course, all the normal stuff that you come to expect, including this right now, the Sunday Blitz with Zach Bourne. Thanks to Zach for joining us. Uh, I'm Austin Ward, and we will both talk to you later.